honestly, I entered my name in the portal. And then I think Mark got the uh, head coaching job at TCU. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, done deal. Like, I'm going to go to TCU. I'm going to play for Mark because he's the one that recruited me to Oregon. Yeah. And so I really love him and Chavi. I'm going to be a frog. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, give me the, done. like, send the papers. Like, you don't <laughs> even got to talk to me. Yeah. And then I get a call from T-Bam. Mm-hmm. She goes, hey, um, South Carolina wants to talk to you. What? Oh. South Carolina? Like, Don Saley? South like, Carolina uh, Gamecocks? <laughs> me what i'm like do they have your what like they want to talk to me yeah sorry don no not gonna answer your call like that's crazy like who's gonna say no to don (laughs) yeah and so i i was driving i get a call from a from her Mm -hmm. and i had a pullover and she's like hey this is don this is coach boyer as well from south carolina we just want to give you a call to know that we're interested and that we want you and come on over and i'm like okay, coach, like, let me call my parents real quick and, you know, mm-hmm. let them know that Dawn had called me. So yeah, I'm, on the phone. Blushing. I'm blushing really hard. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I just really talked to Dawn Staley. Like, oh. And so it's funny because I called my dad and I was like, um, dad, guess who just called me? <laughs> he was like, who? I was like, uh, South Carolina, Dawn Staley Gamecocks. Um, that's just who called, that's who called me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what and i was like yeah he just started laughing hysterically and i was like yeah like they want to talk to you they want to schedule a visit they want to get everything mm-hmm. and so i mean when you get a call from don you know you got to take a visit you got to do the whole yeah. campus visit you know all that stuff so you know from that i was like oh, okay yeah south carolina yeah. just sign my name like just make a room <laughs> for me already like and i think what sealed it was just how authentic she is the campus visit that solidified everything and knowing that like she is who she is on camera, mm-hmm. off the court, on the court. And I think that's what got me the most was just how how authentic she is and how real she is. I mean, a lot of coaches say they're real, but they're not really real. Um, yeah. Like she'll say it in front of your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she don't care. <laughs> like she's not afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the type of person that I wanted to play for. Someone who will tell you the real even though you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, sorry, Mark, you know, <laughs> when South Carolina calls, you better go. <laughs> Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. Today, we've got a fellow Cali Hooper on the pod. Quick humble brag, McDonald's All-American, two-time All-Pac-12, a thousand-point club member. I used to hate seeing her on the scout, but I don't have to deal with that anymore. None <laughs> other than formal Pac-12 rival, but now South Carolina superstar, Tahina Pow Pow. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Wow, that was really good. Oh, thank you. you. I tried. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll hop into things, hop into basketball in a second. But I feel like in college, so much changes from freshman to senior year. So if you could pick a song that represents like your freshman year to then like a song that represents senior year. I know for me, freshman year was probably like something really sad, just, you know, working through the trenches. But senior year was giving very much like I don't know, on top of the world, Meg the Stallion, Nikki, something like that, something very up tempo. So what would yours be? One song to describe that? Yeah, like freshman year, one song for senior year. Freshman year. Wow. It was during COVID year. So it was a lot of yeah. sad music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Been there. Of, um 
solo dolo times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a good. I actually don't have a song for either okay. of those. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I know freshman year in COVID was a lot. And I remember Oregon, y'all, we'll get into that later. But I remember something yeah. about you and Taylor, you and Taylor getting left somewhere. <laughs> and the whole, we'll, we'll dive into that. But, oh my gosh. Um, but if I had to choose a song it, now, sorry. Okay. If I had to no, choose a song ahead. now, I'd probably like Life is Like a Highway or something like that. Is Stop that the song it. Is? Yeah. The car song? Yeah. Oh, I okay. I, yeah. I like it. It's a little yeah. out of the park, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, jumping into current basketball news, you had a great ge- went game yesterday. Huge win. First off, you went off for 21 points, 5 for 7 from 3. You're hot from the jump. You start off your team with 5 points. So how does it feel to kind of get out there and set the tone early in such a high-stakes game like that? Man, it felt really great. I mean, the last couple games, I haven't, obviously, I haven't been shooting the ball really well, but... Um, mm-hmm. It started off really great scoring the first five points, knowing, okay, yeah, this is going to be a great game for me and the team. So I just had to set the tone early offensively because we know we had a lot to do on the defensive end. And Mm -hmm. so it was just, it felt very good coming out of my hands and first two shots. So I knew it was going to be a good game. I mean, yeah, I feel like knowing and playing against you, you get that first one off. It's like, (laughs) ah, damn. Other team's like, oh, you you can't have that. Because then you're just pulling and it's like, what are we supposed to do now? It changes everything if the first one goes in. (laughs) Because like, if you miss the first shot, it's like, all right, let me cool it. That's how I'm I'm like, okay, exactly. Yeah, let's distribute. But if you're hot, (laughs) you're hot. Yeah, Um, give me the ball like that type. (laughs) Yeah, give me the ball. But I mean, UConn, South Carolina, I feel like in recent years has really kind of like had this rivalry starting up. So was that a game you had circled on the calendar or what were the vibes heading into that? Because it was close to a sellout. So what was that like? Well, the game that was circled for our team was the LSU game, Mm -hmm. Um, that college game day, that whole atmosphere and everything. But then the next one had to be UConn. Yeah. Because UConn and South Carolina is such a, a good rivalry, especially for women's basketball. And mm-hmm. years past, I know it's been the opposite where UConn's been blowing them out. And now it's like recently it's like South Carolina's now winning a lot of games against them. So it was an important game for us to win and know that was going to be a big game and everyone had to step up. No, for sure. I mean, you guys rose to the occasion as we saw. But I mean, UConn's a tough team and you guys are number one right now. But I feel like not even just number one, like only undefeated team number one. But I feel like the level of college basketball has grown so much since I was in school and since <laughs> your freshman to senior year. So what is it like prepping for a team where they have a lot of different weapons just like you guys do? So, you know, every matchup is going to be hard. And there's a lot of different schemes. I know Dawn be on her P's and Q's with that scouting report. So what is that like kind of prepping for a game like that schematically? Yeah, no, the coaches do a great job doing our scout. I mean, they work tireless hours just getting us prepared and ready, and we just got to execute it. And our main plan was to um, stop the duo, Paige and Edwards. That was our main priority, and I thought we did a great job with that, especially with Breezy guarding Paige and having Ashlyn Mm -hmm. guard Edwards and different rotations. And I think that's what separates our team from the rest is our our bench. It brings so much spark. Mm-hmm. And just how many weapons UConn have, it was just too much for them because of our bench mm-hmm. and just how we can just rotate players in and out for the whole 40 minutes. And it was just yeah. crazy to have. <laughs> nah, for real. Like, y'all sub in endless. Like, I guess a lot of teams <laughs> don't go into their bench like that. And even when they do, there may be a drop off. But y'all yeah. come in and it's a second starting lineup. <laughs> like, if I was on a team, I would be like, come on. Like, 
I feel like usually on a scouting report, you're like, okay, this girl's coming in. All right, we'll sag. We can help. Yeah, y'all yeah, come yeah. in. Y'all come in. It's like, all right, number one defender goes on her now. Like it's hard. Yeah, but that just that crazy. just speaks to the talent. It, it's yeah, wild. it's just yeah, it's just a wave of talent. You know, you mm-hmm. get the first five, and then you're like, there's like no drop off. No, like on the scouting report, you got to scout one through ten, one through mm-hmm. twelve, and it's just crazy. Ugh, I would hate to be the video coordinator. <laughs> oh, God, endless hours up in there. But, um, I mean, playing a team like UConn headed into, like, last stretch of conference is kind of different. And so how do you feel like a game like this that such high stakes impacts kind of, like, the rhythm of conference play as you head into SEC tournament and then the March Madness, but you have this huge game, like, towards the end of your conference play? So what is that kind of... Is that disrupting the SEC rhythm or how does that work in the locker room, being able to prep for a game like this? I think it flows right into the conference. I mean, SEC mm-hmm. is probably the toughest conference in the country. I mean, you've played in Pac-12 and played against SEC teams. Yeah. So it's a very tough conference to play. And I thought it just flowed right into it. And now we're just um, getting to play Tennessee, which is really good for us because mm-hmm. UConn prepared us. And I thought it was just a great game to have just to keep flowing, keep everything flowing. So I love playing the games that we have. Um, the schedule that Coach Don has scheduled has prepared us very well. Mm-hmm. And then we also played our butts off without our key piece, Mila. So I thought it was a very great showing for us. Oh, for sure. It was definitely like a statement of dominance for y'all, 100%. And <laughs> you touched on it a little bit about coming from the Pac-12. And I feel like people on the outside who don't play, they talk about this difference of styles of play from West Coast kind of Southern basketball. <laughs> so talk to me a little, yeah, talk to me a little bit about that switch up of style of play from the pack to SEC because it is so different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, being Cali girls, you know, Cali's like super laid back and just, yeah. like, you know, everything comes to us and just like mm-hmm. very chill vibes. And that's what Pac-12 is. They're just really laid back, but at the same time, really tough to play. Yeah. And it's just... It's very, very different. I mean, Pac-12 is like very methodical, very scout oriented, very, Mm -hmm. you know, run the plays and run this and just like play within the system and find yours within that system. And I think SEC is just super athletic and it's just go, go, go. And just like athletic, crazy athleticism. I mean, (laughs) they make me they make me feel so unathletic. It's just like (laughs) crazy, just the difference of style of play and the style of how different systems are and it's just it was an eye-opener for sure but like we already knew that sec was like that and Mm -hmm. just playing the conference is just (laughs) mind-blowing yeah no it's so different and i feel like you kind of see it but i bet for you playing in both it's like it's two it's two sides of the spectrum (laughs) like there's opposite it's complete opposite (laughs) um but i mean kind of jumping into the landscape right now i feel like we talked a little bit about the talent level across the board, SEC top to bottom, Pac-12 top to bottom, the list goes on and on. But have there been any specific players that you feel like were kind of slept on maybe last year, beginning of this season that have really come out and surprised you and been like, oh, wow, like they're a problem. We're now circling on the scout. They've really come into their own this season. Are we talking about SEC or Pac-12? Because I've been keeping any track players. Of those. Oh, wow. You, you can <laughs> oh, give me as any- many as you want. You can give me as many as you like. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to the freshies this year, man. Okay. They're yeah. difference makers. I mean, you got Juju Watkins, you got Hannah Hildago, you got mm-hmm. my laser for Wally, who I play with. Yeah. It's just a spectrum of players that have been balling like yeah. throughout each conference. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. I think the most mind-blowing was the freshmen. 
this year coming into into college. I mean, you don't really see these type of freshmen with these type of games day in and day out. Like I've been in college, like you've seen it. Like there's no freshmen that are like built like this. And it's just Mm -hmm. crazy how each conference has their own special freshmen. And it's just crazy to watch. And I'm really excited for their journey. Oh, for sure. And like you said, like, it's not like a one hit wonder. It's day in and day yeah. out. <laughs> the same thing. There's no one hitters. But it's it's wild. And I feel like there's also been a lot of teams this season. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I knew Kansas State was good. But like, at one point, they were number two. I was like, oh, snap. Oh, and yeah. I watched them for the first time. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they're elite. Ole Miss is starting to come into their own every season. Oh, yeah. So what do you feel like are some of those sleeper teams that have really come out this season and been like, like this a huge jump from last year? Wow, that's a really good question. Oh, um, wow. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me see. Now I had to well, think about this. Okay. Well, I feel like one, that was one for me. question I was expecting. <laughs> okay. Well, one for me. I know they were your old rivals, but like Oregon State? Oh my Whoa. gosh, I just, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. I have to say that's a really big one mm-hmm. for sure. Oregon State's big. I don't know. I feel like, let me think, across the ACC. It's honestly, like, it's, like, it's crazy because like the number two curse, have you heard of that one? Yeah, The number yeah, two yeah, team yeah. curse. Like thinking about that is just like, wow, like every team that's been number two has been beaten, which is like mm-hmm. super crazy. So it's like thinking about like, other teams like I can't even think about other teams that like were really sleeping on because I wasn't really focused on other teams like that I mean shoot you're at the top you're at the top (laughs) you're chilling but I think K-State as well I mean they've always been good but like this year has been crazy good Mm -hmm. um Ohio State has always been good they're doing pretty good as well Texas is up there as well Mm -hmm. no I think I think there's there's a lot like up and down to be honest there really hasn't been you know a consistent i mean after us not to I'm be about to say, prideful. there hasn't been a, there hasn't been another unbeaten team so yeah <laughs> what are you gonna say um but i mean you're completely right i think that a lot of teams like there's not that standout like their mm-hmm. next best and i think that's a lot yeah. of the conversation right now is heading into the tournament march madness like who are going to be those other top contenders because it's so up and down two through 25 and beyond <laughs> all over the place every week it's like yeah, oh it's... <laughs> they're up 10 they're down five and it's like where where do we follow yeah so, so it's a i lot. think it's really hard yeah yeah but let's talk a little bit about the sec it's in full swing right now besides lsu you guys have won all your conference games by at least 17 like give them a chance but you're averaging <laughs> you're averaging 12 points and four assists and obviously you've been dominating but it's going to be another good one for you. What's a game that, you know, you guys may have blown out a team or you played great, but statistically, Dom was like, no, I don't care how much we won by because I know she gives you those. She's like, I don't care. We're still going to get to practice. We're going to watch the film. So what was a game where, you know, you guys may have won, but you guys didn't feel like you came out the way that you needed to? It has to be Vanderbilt. The Mm -hmm. game when we played Vanderbilt here, and that was after Mm -hmm. the LSU game. Okay, And I think the LSU game just took so much emotional, physical, like, motion out of us. Like, it was a really big weekend, and I think we lived up to it, but I think it just took Mm -hmm. so much out of us to where we looked really slow and lazy and lethargic, like, the first half coming out of Vanderbilt, because I think that's how much of a big game LSU was. And that was probably the game where we were, we felt like we 
didn't play our best, but we still won by a good amount. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think you could tell from the outside, everyone knew how much of the LSU game took out of us, just how we played mm-hmm. against Vanderbilt. And we felt it as a team, but like we couldn't do anything about it. We just had to keep playing and keep playing our game and just trust each other that we're going to pull this out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the LSU game was huge for a variety of reasons. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think last we've had some other people on the podcast talk about how hard it is to play in Baton Rouge. So talk oh to me gosh. a little bit, especially with the oh addition of gosh. college game day. What was that atmosphere like? Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> crazy, girl. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, my I gosh. Bet. I bet. It looked wild. You know, you, oh, my gosh, you get there like, two hours before the game and we had to mm-hmm. leave early because of traffic yeah and we get there and it's like full of fans all mm-hmm. in like lsu gear we see everyone coming in the ramp and just on top mm-hmm. of the stadium and you just see so many fans and it's just like wow like and then when you get in oh my gosh crazy 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 mm-hmm. we get in there and the student section's already in there you oh, know we geez. all come out we all come out like one for by warm-ups one. Yes. Like, you know, we go out for warm-ups and like the student yeah. section's already in there. Like the, the lower half is already filled and it's like crazy. All you hear is boo. I'm like, we just got here. What are you guys You're doing like, here? I'm over here trying to do my dynamic warm-up getting booed. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And it was just a crazy, crazy environment. I mean, that's probably yeah. the loudest environment I've ever played in. Mm-hmm. And it was like a relatively like small gym. Like, mm-hmm. I think it, like, holds, like, 13,000, but, like, it was, you could feel all 13,000 fans, like, on top of you. Oh, yeah. It was just, yeah. I don't think I ever want to go back. <laughs> Girl, I need one time, and I'm good. But, oh my gosh. I mean, you talked about how much that game, it takes it takes a lot out of you. Even though you guys yeah. won, it's still the prep, <laughs> it's playing in that environment. So, you know, in the locker room, what are those talks like to get your mindset prepared to Already, you come back into the locker room already getting booed, and it's like, okay, now we got to get back out there, and there's gonna be more people. <laughs> so, talk to me about the mindset of the locker room and how you guys were able to stay focused, and it wasn't an easy game. So, what yeah. you know, what were the talks like during, but also just pregame to get you guys ready for that type of environment? Pregame was just coach talking about how prepared we are mm-hmm. and how much we took so much of the scout and we just have to execute the scout and just go out there and play our game. And then the first half came, you know, it was pretty, pretty close and a good game. And mm-hmm. then halftime comes around and she's just like, we can beat these guys. It's us. We're beating ourselves up. We're, we're yeah. a great team. We're doing the scout really well, but we're just beating ourselves up on the offensive end and not sharing the ball how we usually do. And that's what we have to do. We have to get back to our game and be who we are and don't lose who we are because of how the crowd is. And I know it's loud. Mm-hmm. We just got to stick to who we are and play our game because we're beating ourselves up and not sharing yeah. our ball and not playing the game that we know how to play. And so I think that just meant a lot to us and knowing that we haven't been sharing the ball relatively well during that game, the first half. And then the second half is, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's, let's dive into that second half. Um, the momentum shifted. The momentum shifted completely for you guys in that second half. Yeah. So talk to me about what do you think was kind of, I, there's a moment in every game that changes that. So what do you feel like maybe the shot, the defensive possession that was like, okay, we're hitting our stride. This is where we really got to kind of get going. What was that momentum shift like? I think once we got it into uh, Miller in the inside, 
we had to definitely take advantage of that, especially when we got recent foul trouble. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the momentum shifted when she got that fifth foul on Raven. And that was when we knew we had to like attack the boards yeah. and attack inside because they didn't have anything to stop middle or our post. Mm-hmm. And I think also was our bench production again. Yeah. You, that second Hard half, <laughs> <laughs> that second half is what gets teams really, you know, out of shape because we got 10 yeah. and they play at least five to six, maybe mm-hmm. seven. And so I think that, that wave of the bench is just, you can't stop it. <laughs> yeah. Because no, they got that, fresh legs, fresh legs against that six. Yeah, it's game over. <laughs> it'd be so annoying, like, when you're that six and somebody comes in who hasn't played all game and they just start sprinting around. It's, it's like, I need water, bro. I can't do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But That's such no. like, that was definitely the separator, and especially when Lay had a big game that mm-hmm. day. It was just... Mm-hmm coming off the bench and knowing that she can provide a very big, big spark for yeah. us and knowing that yeah. we can rely on our bench unlike other teams. And so our our team can definitely play the full 40, um, yeah. <laughs> especially with our wave of uh, bench production. Well, yeah, well, talk to me a little bit about her because I remember when I watched that game, she came in and didn't have the best start. But for her to then mm-hmm. be so young and come in the second time and just have a fresh mindset and ready to go. Talk to me a little bit what it's like to have a freshman like that who is just like unwavering confidence. Like they're going to get out there and just do whatever needs to be done to get it right. So talk to me a little bit about her progression from the beginning of the year to kind of the spark that she's been giving you guys in recent games. Yeah, I know. The beginning of the year, it was a little, you know, a little tricky. It's a little rocky. Yeah. You know how freshmen are. They come in thinking that college is sweet. When it's really not. But the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, you know, as a freshman, you're going to learn a lot. And she mm-hmm. has grown a lot. She has grown tremendously throughout the yep. year and um, the games. And knowing that she could be the player who she is and coming in like that and providing for us, she knows she can. She's a baller. She's a hooper. Mm-hmm. She's going to hoop no matter what. Like, yep. if she's having a bad game, she's still going to hoop no matter what. And so just seeing her journey is tremendously great. And just knowing that she's a great listener and knowing that she listens and will um, reciprocate that energy back. And just just seeing her ball and hoop, it's like day in, day out, she's going to, you know, hoop. And that's what she is. She's yeah. a hooper by nature. And, a hooper. You know, Dawn has instilled so much confidence in her. I think that's what helps her confidence on the court as well. Well, I think she's so much fun to watch. Like your whole team. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know I love watching you play, but like she comes in and just brings a different vibe. It's just like yeah, shifty. It's <laughs> that. And I'm like, whoa. Like I'm I'm more of a fundamental gal. So I'm watching. Oh, girl, like, please. <laughs> please, girl. We both are fundamental girls. We're fundamental girls. And then when I, seen her, when I see her do the stuff she does in practice, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like I yeah, can never do that. <laughs> And, like, not even like that, but how do you even think to do that? I'm thinking, like, yeah. ooh, jab, crossover, tween. And then she's a, like, oh, hezzy filet. It's how do you A little even behind think to the back with the reverse what? layup. I'm like, it's crazy. Y'all, this is like nothing new. Like, she does yeah. this in practice. Like, you know, as you, you know, practice is where you, what you do in games. And that's what yeah. she does in practice. You, you know, you may turn over the ball in practice, but she don't do it in the game. No, no <laughs> so man. that's what you got to practice you got to practice everything that you do in the practice and so yeah. seeing her do that in the games and having everyone watch is just a joy oh, to it's watch lit. and knowing i got it's lit yeah <laughs> yeah no it's fire especially the first game oh my gosh in order yeah. to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, y'all were crazy. <laughs> no, her little, her little behind the back. I was like, oh wow, yeah, she's a special one. Yeah, you said she did that in games. And the first she really game, did that the in first game. game of the season. <laughs> like you're in Paris doing that? What? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. But um, switching gears for a second, we've talked a lot about the amazing players in college basketball right now. And so I don't need you to give me like South Carolina secret scouting report, but I'm going to give you some names and it's hard facing off against some of these players. So I want you to give, give me a little bit of like a scout or maybe what makes it so hard to try to contain these players because I feel like it used to be, oh, force her to do this, force to do that. But things have changed when you're playing a player like Anissa Morrow or Hannah Hildalgo. It's more like, okay, make this hard. Okay, they're not, maybe not as comfortable going this way. It's a different mindset. So top first name, I already mentioned it, Anissa Morrow. Give me what it's like trying to stop somebody like that. I mean, she's a hooper as well. She's going yeah. she to play what you give her. And the main thing was just to contain her. Mm-hmm. And um, she wasn't um, shooting high percentages from the three. So we, you know, give her a little space, give her some space, play with space. And she knocked down a couple of triples, but we'll take those. I mean, she, yeah. it's out of the ordinary for her to make those type of shots. So the job was a, just a container. And that's a scout for LSU. It was just to box her out. Yeah. Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box them out. They're they're going to crash the boards. And that was just the main thing. Container and box her out. Mm-hmm. Box, box, box her out. <laughs> B- box, 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 box. Box um, her out. That was a whole okay. message. Yeah, I bet. Because they be crashing that glass. I be watching. I would not want to be down there. <laughs> like, please, keep me on the perimeter. I'll hit a little forearm. I'm not trying to be down there. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, talking, we talked about your Paris game. Hannah Hidalgo, who we mentioned earlier. Talk to me about what it's like scouting somebody like her, you know, on ball schemes. I'm sure you're doing a lot of different stuff with ball screens and whatnot. So what makes Hannah such a special player? Honestly, it was just an in-game adjustment from her because as a freshman, you know, some freshmen, your high school game doesn't really relate to college. So we really didn't have that much scout on her. We just knew that she's shifty. She can score the ball. And we were in for a rude awakening because she did more than that. Um <laughs> And so I it was know a lot of in-game. Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a lot of in-game adjustments from her because Sony um, mm-hmm. Citron was the main priority and Maddie Westbell was our priority on the scouting report. So Hildago just gave us a rude awakening. So it was a lot of in-game adjustment from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we know that she's a three-level scorer and mm-hmm. is a very, very good defender. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, averaging as many steals as she is, like, what... How? That is crazy. How? I think she That's has wild. the, yeah, she has more steals than me than my whole career in college. Girl, me too. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> me freaking too. Probably it's, combined. She probably has more steals than us combined. <laughs> us combined, she's still already passed. But you know what? It's cool. It's cool. Everybody has their strengths. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the last player we'll get into is we talked about Ole Miss earlier. And I feel like somebody who's really come into their own this year is Marquisha Davis. And like having a slasher mm. like her on the wing, she's a bucket. And I like did not, yeah. I just, I feel like she's such a new player on the, on the rise for me. Yeah, no, she, we had Breezy guard her, you know, Breezy's one of our good defenders on our team. So yeah, we just had to get her, get her out of rhythm. A lot of these players are rhythm players. So we mm-hmm. had just. We just had to get her out of rhythm and make her do things that she's not used to, like shooting three ball. 
Um, she doesn't mm-hmm. have a high percentage shooting the three ball. So pressure with space, but mm-hmm. be ready for her to cut and be ready for her to attack the basket because she's really fast. So yeah, that was really our main priority was to do things that she would do out of the ordinary and get her out of rhythm and make her shoot threes. Well, back to you, superstar. We'll dive into your <laughs> basketball journey. Grow, grew up in Oceanside, California. Five siblings, started playing ball at a young age. And at 10, you were already on, I know you were on the radar. As a fellow Cali girl, I'm over here hearing about this youngin <laughs> in SoCal. And I'm like, first of all, isn't she in like middle school? Why are we hearing about this 10-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> but talk to me about playing 16U travel ball when you were just 10. Like, I might need a picture of this. I might need something. But talk to me about it. Oh, no, girl. You don't need a no, picture. No, I'm going to get the no. picture. I'm going to text <laughs> the fam. No, but it was interesting. I mean, growing up with siblings, older siblings, you're just used to being competitive and being tossed around like a rag doll and being, you know, the little one to be picked on. So it wasn't really nothing new playing with older people, but I knew that it would make me better as a player and as a person. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really, you know, that big of a deal. But at the same time, it was really fun to play with older people and knowing that I can compete with these type of players yeah. and knowing that my siblings have prepared me for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, weak. <laughs> the siblings yeah. prepare you for anything. Like playing outside in the cul-de-sac, it's a lot of, oh it's humble gosh. beginnings. Humble <laughs> beginnings. Absolutely. My God. For sure. <laughs> and I know you went to the same high school as Kelsey Plum. And I remember hearing about how she invited you to work out with her and kp does not invite people to work out with her so for you oh, to no. be the only kid that she allowed <laughs> knowing that, she, that you could keep up with her at that young age and even push her what was what was that like not only being able to work out with her at such a young age but i know she's a doll she's a competitor oh my gosh. so what was it like getting to be in the gym with her that young man i love kp she's been an inspiration in my life ever mm-hmm. since i met her at 10 years old but being invited by someone like her who is such a great and amazing player. It just spoke to me how I could be a great player as well. And knowing mm-hmm. that I have the skills and the IQ to be someone like her and play at such a high stage and high or such a big platform and knowing that that I'm being invited by such a great player is telling me that I'm doing something right and that I should keep mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> Having somebody of her status that that young like point out you yeah. it's like oh snap <laughs> like I'm like that I'm about to be up in yeah. this gym with you girl <laughs> but like besides KP who did you find yourself looking up to if women's basketball players when you were young to maybe model your game after or take bits and pieces from different players I honestly took a lot of bits and pieces from a lot of different players I couldn't really mm-hmm. name that one player because I wanted to model my game after a lot of people So I just took little bits and pieces from each player and added that to my game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, KP has, she's a hooper. Oh my gosh, she's a straight dog. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. And so it was just amazing and a blessing to have an opportunity because not a lot of people have an opportunity at such a young age to be with a pro hooper like that and someone at that status. Mm -hmm. And so I just took little bits and pieces from everyone's game that I grew up watching and I even took some from my brothers, even yeah. though they're not really that good. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I mean, like, it's just little highlights here and there, knowing that I yeah. could add little bits and pieces to my game as well. 
Oh, for sure. And I think that's what makes you such a great, well-rounded player is that you're three-level score and you can't just guard you one way because you have yeah. all these different things. It's like, okay, like we said earlier, if the first shot doesn't fall, don't matter. I'm still <laughs> impacting the game in all these different ways. And if it does, yeah. you better watch out because now I'm just going. So mm -hmm. I think it makes it such a hard scout. And I know I had to deal with that, which was not fun. Just want to let you know. <laughs> Talking a little bit about, you know, us Cali girls and the West Coast upbringing, I feel like West Coast basketball gets a lot of hate. And like West Coast has some elite hoopers because people are always like, oh, where the best hoopers come from? Texas, New York. I'm like, yeah, like Cal come on now. California. DMV, so like, come on. <laughs> yeah, bro. Talk, talk to me about the Cali hoop culture because I feel like we have some elite hoopers coming out the West. I mean, it has changed a mm -hmm. lot. I mean, mm -hmm. the AU scheme, even throughout the whole country. Yeah. Not even California, but I feel like just AU in general has changed a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. there's still some great Cali Hoopers hooping right now, but I just feel like everything has changed. <laughs> yeah. And I can't yeah. really even speak on that because it's not really even about basketball anymore, to be honest. It's a lot of off-court stuff and mm -hmm. social media. And, like, I don't think anybody plays the love for the game anymore because of how it's about money and media and mm -hmm. all that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, I'm going to ask you to talk to me about that a little more, but I couldn't agree more. I think that when we were growing up, it was just like all of the best plays on the Nike circuit because there wasn't the Adidas, mm -hmm. there wasn't the this, there yeah. wasn't the that. It was like, it was the Nike circuit and I have TikTok. I was on like Musical.ly and Triller, <laughs> like doing dumb stuff. Like that was not my focus. Like yeah. you pull up and I just feel like there wasn't the same, like how overtime is now. That's not how it was oh when we were gosh. growing up. There was no yeah, like no. getting on the map with social media. It was either you're a hooper or you're not. And like, yeah. I think that there's so much more, like you said, like the social media presences and then those people will get blown up on this and that. And then let's say you play them and you're like some random hooper They're from a really small town that. like we were. <laughs> yeah, like I grew up in yeah. a freaking <laughs> surfing beach town. Nobody knew who I was. And I pull up and I'm like, let's do it. Let's <laughs> And yeah. so talk to me a little bit about what you see and kind of like that change of basketball culture about there's a lot of hype behind it nowadays. And I feel like sometimes the hype is backed up and sometimes it isn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to judge now because, mm -hmm. you, you you know, when you were younger, you had to be in the gym to go yeah. actually see that player play instead yeah. of just looking up their name and seeing highlights of them. You actually had to go to the gym to watch them play. Mm -hmm. And it's just different now. I just feel like people do it for views, for media. Mm -hmm. And some, I mean, there are others that play for the love of the game, but it's just mm -hmm. hard to dictate how good of a player you are based on highlights because you just cut out the highlights that you do well in and not put in oh, the turnovers yeah. you did or like a highlight. The a highlight you could look like an All-American. <laughs> highlights, yeah. I see somebody's highlight and I'm like, Oh my God, they're the GOAT. <laughs> you go play against and you're like, oh, yeah, like you're pretty good. But I thought I was about to yeah. get like my ankles broken every possession. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just the basketball world and the AAU world is just a whole different, it's a whole different scheme now. And so I'm happy I don't play in AAU yeah. anymore nowadays because when you were younger, it was just about memories and being with the girls that you were with and just having oh so God. much fun with them and just the memories that you created. That was the most fun about AU was just having oh, so much sure. fun with them off the court. <laughs> yeah. Like and taking AAU care of business. Bonds you. 
Yeah. yeah. And you bonzi so much. Like, you don't even warm up for a game. You, like, eat some nachos, <laughs> one right hand layup, one left, and 40 college coaches, let's yeah. go get a scholarship. <laughs> it's crazy. And, like, exactly. what, you, what you said about the highlight tape, I feel like nowadays, a college coach, I feel bad because you could get catfished by, like, yeah. <laughs> just in terms of, like, their play. You see them, and you're like, oh, she's at the top of my list. And you pull up, and it's yeah. like, Oh, what is this? I'll still recruit you. <laughs> what is this? Literally, it's yeah. it's catfishing nowadays, which is wild. <laughs> that was not a thing. That was not a thing. It was not. No. But talk to me a little bit about your recruiting process. You were number eleven ranked recruit, but also what's different is you went through your senior year of recruiting during COVID. So, like, did you take visits? Did you not? What was that experience kind of like picking a school during COVID? Honestly, I committed before COVID. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I committed the junior year, my junior summer year. So I was going to play my last circuit when I committed to Oregon. Okay. And so I only took one visit. I thought five was a lot. And I don't think I wanted another visit because I think the home visit is what did it with me. Mm-hmm. Because my family was surrounded with me. And then the campus visit was also like it solidified it and knowing that I was yeah. going to go there. So I only took one visit. I kind of knew from the home visit that I wanted to play at Oregon. And so I just was like, you know, I want to get this over with. I'm going to commit to Oregon before my summer summer circuit. Just have fun with it. Just go out and play and be who I am. So I just wanted to do that before the whole senior thing and just mm-hmm. focus on basketball instead of focusing on a college decision. Well, shoot, that sounds wonderful. I took all five visits, so whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I was very indecisive. <laughs> I'm jealous that you knew. But talk to me a little bit about, because I feel like picking a college is such a big decision. And like you pick when you're 17 and it's that's a big life decision. So talk to me a little yeah. bit about what set Oregon apart for you. Was there any other school that kind of was second to Oregon that was close? Or was it always like, when you know, you know. When you come on a home visit, you get the vibes. You knew it was going to be Oregon. I actually had a top three. I had Ooh. Louisville, San Diego State, you know, home, being a home college, and then Oregon. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the reason why I didn't choose Louisville was too far away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to stay on the West Coast. I wanted to be close to family, but far enough to where they couldn't, you know, visit me all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I... Decided San Diego State because I'm a family person, you know, playing in front of family, playing in front of them and knowing that I'm close to home was dear to my heart. And then Oregon was just the spot where it was just perfect. It was far away from home, but um, just enough to where they wouldn't be with me every day. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had some isolation from from being back home. So it was really just a West Coast vibe and being home and knowing that I'm kind of close to home, but far enough to where. I can be who I am, be solo dolo, and just have fun with it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, talk to me a little bit about your freshman year at Oregon. It's a big jump, obviously, from high school to college, but also you're coming in behind a class I just graduated with, Sabrina, Ruthie, Satu. Like, there was a lot of hype behind them. So coming in, starting freshman point guard, following up somebody like that class, did you feel any pressure moving into your freshman year or expectations kind of uphold that standard that they had set before you guys got there? Um, It was a little bit of pressure, um, mm-hmm. especially with the f- the other four I came in with. We were the number yeah. one recruiting class in the nation. So it was it was a little bit of pressure, but it was hard as well because of COVID. I mean, as you mm-hmm. know, we had to be isolated. We couldn't really spend time with each other. 
as much and we were just stuck in our apartments and we had to just be by ourselves even though it was like that it still felt very close with the freshmen you know Mm -hmm. I still talk to them to this day we're still besties (laughs) but it was just I mean it was okay it was an okay year playing in front of cutouts as you know and I mean your your journey through COVID was harder than us Oh. <laughs> well, our, our journey was hard, but tell me about yeah. you getting left in Utah. Because that's, I didn't have oh to do with being left behind. Girl, <laughs> it was a lot going into that. Um, just a lot of political stuff that I won't get into. But it was just, <laughs> you know, we get to Utah, you know, COVID test. You got to swap mm-hmm. the nose and everything. And come to find out, three of the other girls were tested positive. Mm-hmm. And so they actually had to be helicoptered back to Eugene. Oh. And then, yeah, they had to be helicoptered because they were positive for yeah. COVID. And then, as you know, COVID, um, what was it? Contact, something like that? What oh, the contact tracing, like the 15-minute yes. thing. Oh, oh God. my gosh, yes. So it was contact tracing. So me and Mike, <laughs> mm-hmm. we were contact traced. I think it was like 14 minutes. We were contact traced for 14 minutes. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, so they God. were gonna have they were gonna have me and Mike stay in Utah for a week by ourselves in a hotel room. They were literally gonna be like, okay, like you can DoorDash and like you can just send us the receipts and everything. Uh-huh. And we were like, you can't do nothing not- else. Like you can't like <laughs> you're not gonna leave me here. Like a, you can't do like a helicopter ride. Like you <laughs> you can't do that. Like none of that. Yeah. And so Mark Campbell, God, love him. <sighs> He, Great guy. He was an OG. He was a goat. He was like, you know what? I'll drive you guys back to Eugene. It was a, uh, I think it was like a 13-hour drive. And we were like, Mark, like, you don't really have to do that. Like, he was like, no, like, we we can't have you guys stuck here in Utah for a week and, you know, venge out for yourselves and figure things out yourselves. And we, mm-hmm. he was just like, you know what? I'll drive you guys. And so we had we had like a big SUV and then we had like a <laughs> And then we had like a plastic thing to like separate, separate Stop Mark it. from us. He has recording yes. in the car. <laughs> yes, we were recording in the car. And so it was me and Mike in the back. And then Mark was by himself in the front. And it uh-huh. was like taped up. Everything was taped up in the car. And like we were basically like two rooms. Like we were just separated from Mark. And we would just yell. Like Mark would like yell like, hey, are yeah. you guys hungry? And we'd be like. Yeah, like, can we get, like, something to eat? And then, like, it was just a crazy ride. I mean, thank you, Mark, if you ever see this. But thank yeah. you for driving us 13 hours from uh, Utah to Eugene. But it was just a crazy time. And, like, we had our pillows in the back. Oh, wow. And so me and Mike, we're contact tracing buddies. So I forgot wow. about that. Oh, my gosh. That's actually really funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for bringing up that trauma. I just so. <laughs> Wow, that that's a lot. You probably dug that deep down. So sorry for pulling yeah, that out it was, of you. It's like deep down inside. Ugh, it's okay. You're, you're a survivor. <laughs> it's fine. You made it. But okay, so Oregon freshman year, it's hard. COVID, but I mean, you guys, you guys had a great few next seasons. But I want to get into the transfer portal, and I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what it's like nowadays, and there's a lot of reasons that go into it. It's for some people, they're like, oh. You know, people are like, oh, playing time this, or she's not the star, so she's going to leave. But there's a lot of things that go into it. So talk to me a little bit about what's the process like? Was Did you know, did you have a school in mind when you went to the portal? Or did you just go in and be like, 
I want to find my new home and talk to a lot of different coaches. Honestly, I entered my name in the portal. And then I think Mark got the uh, head coaching job at TCU. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, done deal. Like, I'm going to go to TCU. I'm going to play for Mark because he's the one that recruited me to Oregon. Yeah. And so I really love him and Chavi. I'm going to be a frog. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, give me the, like, send the papers. Like, you don't <laughs> even got to talk to me. Yeah. And then I get a call from T-Bam. Mm-hmm. She goes, hey, um, South Carolina wants to talk to you. What? Oh. South Carolina? Like, Don Saley? So like, uh, me? <laughs> me? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, do they have your what? Like they want to talk to me? Yeah. Talk to my about way to say, to class. <laughs> Sorry, Don. No, not gonna answer your call. What? Like that's crazy. Like who's gonna say <laughs> no to Don? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was driving, I get a call from a from her. Mm-hmm. And I had a pullover. And she's like, Hey, this is Don. This is Coach Boyer as well from South Carolina. We just wanna uh, give you a call to know that we're interested and that we want you and come on over and I'm like okay coach like let me call my parents real quick and you know mm-hmm. let them know that Dawn had called me and so yeah I'm, on the phone. Blushing. I'm blushing really hard <laughs> I'm like wow I just really talked to Dawn Staley like, oh. and so it's funny because I called my dad and I was like um dad guess who just called me <laughs> he was like who I was like uh South Carolina Dawn Staley Gamecocks um that's just who called that's who called me mm-hmm. and he was like what and i was like yeah he just started laughing hysterically and i was like yeah like they want to talk to you they want to schedule a visit they want to get everything mm-hmm. and so i mean when you get a call from don you know you got to take a visit you got to do the whole yeah. campus visit you know all that stuff so you know from that i was like oh, okay yeah south carolina yeah. just sign my name like just make a room <laughs> for me already like and i think what sealed it was just how authentic she is the campus visit that solidified everything and knowing that like she is who she is on camera, mm-hmm. off the court, on the court. And I think that's what got me the most was just how how authentic she is and how real she is. I mean, a lot of coaches say they're real, but they're not really real. Um, yeah. Like she'll say it in front of your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she don't care. <laughs> like she's not afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the type of person that I wanted to play for. Someone who will tell you the real even though you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, sorry, Mark, you know, <laughs> when South Carolina calls, you gotta go. <laughs> but I got to go to a different route. You know, all love towards you and the program, but I just felt like coaching them was, South Carolina was going to be the perfect fit for me. Yeah. Well, I think that's so amazing that, like, from one call with Dawn, you know, it's, it's so hard to say no. And it's like having a coach like that who is so honest. And it's also, it's different. Like, she played. And so yeah. when she tells you something that you don't want to hear, it's like, what am I going to do? Say she doesn't know what she's talking about? Like, she knows. She knows. You exactly. Just, like, she's got to take out a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it was just, man. I mean, she called me. The next day, we already scheduled a visit and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, yeah, I'm coming here. But <laughs> I just needed a few days to, you know, soak everything in. Because this is going to be a really important decision of my life like it could have been a really bad or a really great decision and it ended up being a really great decision so yeah um, everyone can have their misconceptions about the transfer portal and everything about that but I ended up getting the the greater good of that aspect yeah you're where you're (laughs) supposed to be which is amazing yeah I'm so happy for you (laughs) but um it's hard transferring is hard it's I feel like 
you know, you go through the recruiting process all over again, which isn't the most fun, but mm-hmm. you pull up to a new campus and it's kind of like a bit of freshman nerves all over again. You're the new kid on campus. You're coming into a team who was in the final four last year. So what was it kind of like? You know, Columbia is very different from Eugene. So what was it like? Oh, yes. the, the adjustments getting there. I bet Don's practices are hard. Like just all of those different things that goes into that transition. Talk to me about that adjustment period. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> just bringing back great memories. <laughs> it was just so much fun. I think coming in, it was actually a new team as well. You yeah, had the freshmen yeah, yeah. graduated. You had players that haven't really played on such a big platform because they were playing it behind such a great um, starting five and, you know, the mm-hmm. freshies. And so I think all around, I came into a new team as a new player. So it kind of flowed in very well. It was a very smooth transition from day one. And you can kind of feel it from the from the summer. Man. The summer workouts and summer practices were different Um, (laughs) on and off the court, girl. I mean, it was crazy. Like there was some off court stuff that was like, why are you doing this? Like, like, why are you acting like that? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a senior, you see them as a freshman. I'm like, okay, but, you know, freshmen never really acted like that. But it is just like, yeah, you know, we had a run. We had a run for things that were so unnecessary because people didn't want to take care of business off the court. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I was like dang, did I really make the right decision? <laughs> You're like, what is this? Because <laughs> why Why am I running for this and that? Yes. And like, I think everyone was just like, are we going to be a good team? Like, what kind of team are we going to be? Because of how much yeah. we were, like, off, like the stuff off the court, it was just like, really? Like, yeah. are we really going to do this? Like, you didn't know what was going to happen the day after. Like, yeah, them summer workouts were crazy. Um, mm. But it was very funny. I mean, looking back at it now and being the number one team in the country, we did not yeah. think we was going to be the number one team in the country, <laughs> the way we were acting and being in practice and being in the workouts. But, yeah, you know, Dawn's always going to get your, her team straight, no matter the deal. Mm-hmm. She's going to get them disciplined. She's going to get them right. And so, yeah, looking back at it, I think everyone's going to agree with me how, how much doubt we have of each other. The growth, yes. how much doubt we yes. had with each other during the summer was like, wow, what kind of team are we going to be? Like, are we even going to be in the top 10? Like, we're not mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not getting down to business as we should be. But, man, things have yeah. changed and our our journey as a team has been a great one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, from the sounds of that and then you guys get kind of I mean, it kind of felt like a disrespectful number six preseason ranking. And so it's like. You know, really? you know, you guys, like you, I feel like t- being as close as I am with Aaliyah, <laughs> I was oh, like yeah. secondhand disrespected. I'm like, oh, I'm in there. What? And so like a lot of people saw it as a rebuilding year. But like you said, Don's going to whip you on the shape. And yeah. it's all of those people who are playing behind that amazing class. But at the same time, it's like they weren't playing behind because they didn't have the skill. It was just because yeah. it's the seniors that were all all Americans, So much whatever. talent. Exactly. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about kind of <laughs> that message that Don had to you guys coming off the summer that it sounds like you guys had. What was that message that kind of propelled you guys into starting off with 400 point games, blowing out Notre Dame and Parish, just starting off so hot and it's continued throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, honestly, we didn't even think we was going to be ranked that high as a new team. That's why you hear it as disrespect. I was like, 
I'm surprised we didn't rank lower. Like, oh, like double digit, like double oh. digit ranking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So hearing like we were number six, we were a bit shocked because of how, you know, as I said, in the summer and just how everyone was saying how it was going to be a rebuilding year. So I didn't take it as disrespect. I took it as like, wow, what are they talking about? Like, <laughs> I expected us to be in a double-digit ranking for sure. But it's just the growth, you know, as you talked about, and just how everything has come into place and how Dawn has whipped our team into shape. And knowing that the teams that she's had in the past, I'm sure they didn't start out as we did as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, and knowing that, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a different vibe now. But in the summer, you can talk to every one of us and saying that it was, <laughs> we did not think it was going to be like this. <laughs> well, you know what? We're here now. You're here yeah. now and you're killing it. <laughs> but coming in to the team, like you said, it was kind of like a lot of new pieces being added. So you felt like it was the same. So what mm-hmm. role did you have a certain role that you were like, okay, I'm going to fill this. I'm going to be this for the team. Or were you just kind of coming in like, I want to make an impact in any way I can. What were the vibes? Because it's also your senior year. So what were the vibes coming in? How did you want to kind of assert yourself into the team? One thing you and everyone else knew what I was going to be for this team, a shooter. Oh, I knew. Um, Oh, I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They listed me as a shooter. So I was like, okay, I'm going to come in and shoot. Okay, yeah. no big deal. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but I just wanted to come in and make an impact, immediate impact, a leadership impact. And I knew that they was going to need my, you know, being a veteran and being on a college stage for the past four years. I knew they was going to need that type of leadership coming in and seniority. And so I just wanted to be a leader and knowing that mm-hmm. I could be a voice that they can turn to and knowing that they can turn to me and knowing that. I've been in it for quite a while. I kind of yeah. know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I could also learn from young players and knowing mm-hmm. that I can be this leader that they can turn to and know that that I could lead and be the player that I know I could be and be that missing piece that they needed, that they've been yeah. needed. So it was kind of a refreshing start. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that makes the best type of leader is somebody who is so experienced and so wise, but at the same time, you're humble enough to still learn from the younger players because you can always learn. And so talk to me a little bit about being that veteran voice and like building the chemistry because it's a lot of new players and a lot of new players that are in new roles. So talk to me about coming from that summer that we've heard about, how long did it take to build that chemistry to where you guys are at now? Um, It definitely took the second part of the summer. Okay. You know, the first part, it was just to get to know everyone, know who they are, and mm-hmm. know what type of person they are on and off the court. But we do have this thing that we did uh, in the summer called Final Four Fridays with our strength conditioning coach, Molly Molly Benetti. So um, uh-huh. Final Four Fridays is where, as a team, we are tested or as challenged. And, like, we do, like, different things as a team, and we have to, like, accomplish a goal as a team. Because mm-hmm. as a team, you you are looking forward to the Final Four. So in yeah. order to get the final four, you got to be a team. You got to push each other. You got to compete with each other. You got to challenge each other. So on those Fridays, everyone was looking towards final four Fridays. But at the same time, it was death. Um, yeah. So yeah. like one Friday, like we'd like go to a hill and we'd like race each other and compete and like throw medicine balls up the up the hill or you like do do plate pushes up the hill. 
And so you just had to like, comp- yes, girl. Yes. Play pushes and up a hill? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so bad. It was, it was really bad. Um, That was like my first Final Four Friday. It was terrible, Mm-mm. but fun at the same time. So <laughs> it was just really those type of days that we looked towards as a team because we had to be a team. You had to push each other. You had to compete with each other because in order to get to the Final Four, as you know, you have to be a team. Mm-hmm. And you have to have each other's back and you have to trust each other knowing that you're going to do your part and everyone else is going to do their part. So yeah. those were team bonding moments as well. And then we did those every Friday. The last one we did was a river walk. And mm-hmm. so we just like, I think it was like a couple miles or something like that. And then at the end, we had like a water balloon fight to end it. Oh, okay. So that was really fun. And so what bonded us really well was just off-court stuff mm-hmm. and just bonding and like having each other's presence with each other and you know how it is you know late yeah. nights um yeah. <laughs> can't speak too much into it but them late night bonding moments and just <laughs> having fun with each other and knowing that you know you genuinely love to be around each other and not like yeah. fake energy and just everything was just real genuine love yeah that's special I think you can tell like when you watch you guys being in close games games like a South Carolina that off-court chemistry is what allows you to stay in tune with one another. There's never, like, I feel like a lot of teams can be so great, but when it gets to crunch time, things get hard. If they don't have that chemistry, that's when things break down. That's when people bicker. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's what sets apart a Final Four team. And so we talked about this before, the deepness, very annoying to other teams, great for you. But so (laughs) people like, you know, you talked about Camilla, you got Ashlyn, Raven, Chloe, Sanai, like the list just goes on and on and on. Talk to me about beyond the talent. It's what makes you guys so great, in my opinion, is that everybody buys into their role, right? It's going to be somebody's night every night. And you guys are always so hyped up. Like even when you're on the (laughs) sideline and somebody's going crazy, I see you getting lit. So talk to me (laughs) about just like the chemistry of being on a team like that with all these different superstars who are able to buy into their role for the greater good. How fun is it to be in a locker room like that? Man, it's so fun. I mean, mm-hmm. as you can tell on the court, we just generally love each other. And I think yeah, that's what also separates from other teams is how genuinely close we are with each other and how much we actually love each other and how everyone just bought in to winning. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get into the individual stats and scoring this and, you know, how many assists did I get this game or how many rebounds and how many points did I score? But I think yeah. what separates us as well is just how everyone just wants to win. No matter how we get there, everyone just wants to win. And that's mm-hmm. how they keep the main thing the main thing. And that's to win. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's just going to buy into their role if they want to win. And if you don't, then that's just saying that you're a selfish player and that, you know, you don't want to be on that type of team because you're just looking within yourself instead of as a team. And so everyone just wants to win. And it's just an effective energy that everyone wants to buy off on. And so... That's the main goal is to win. Yeah. No one's going to remember mean, how many points you scored against this team or like exactly. that. Just everyone, everyone's going to remember the undefeated team or like mm-hmm. the team that like went all the way because of how they, they were dominating teams. Like everyone's going to mm-hmm. remember that, but they're not going to remember individual stats or like stuff like that. So it's just crazy yeah. to think how people just think about individual stats and like they yeah. just want to score this many points when at the end of the game, it matters if you win or lose. <laughs> yeah like if I have um, like 50 points and I lose I don't care I lost like <laughs> I want to win that's that's the main thing and I think you said that so beautifully 
turning it back to you individually, talk to me about where you feel you've had the most growth in your game moving to South Carolina. I've heard you talk about defense improving. But <laughs> tell me about what what is like that thing where you're like, yeah, like I can really see a growth area in myself in this. As you said, defense. I defense, think everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in the pack, <laughs> you know, you don't really, you know, <laughs> need to move your move your puppies really well. So mm-hmm. I say defense. And just picking good shots. I think that's yeah. what has grown my game a lot. Um, picking and choosing good and bad shots. And I think that's what has grown a lot in my game. I know a lot of times I could be shooting bad shots, but then at the end of the day, it's actually a good shot. Yeah. And so I think that's what I've seen a lot grow in my game playing here at South Carolina is choosing my spots and choosing what is good shots for me and putting people in a position where they could score easily. Mm-hmm. And then um, another one is patience. Mm-hmm. Definitely <laughs> patience on the court. I'm I'm still learning how a lot of these young kids don't have the IQ as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be directive. I have to use my voice and direct them to be to roll. I got to tell them roll. You got to roll. You got to roll. Mm-hmm. Or you got to be like, go to a corner, go to a corner, spacing, spacing. Or like, hey, two-man game, do this, do that. So I've been seeing a lot of that grow in my game. So I'm going to have to say those things. Well, those are all <laughs> great things. Those are all great <laughs> things. And just my opportunity to give you some flowers right now. I feel like we first met at USA Trials, and I remember just <laughs> clicking. And, like, we are very different people today. But back then, just a bunch of high-energy weirdos. Yeah. But, like, seeing you now and the growth and just, like, being a fan of yours genuinely, not only on the court, but just as a person. And, like, you're the best, what, best 3.0% in the NCAA right now. Seeing, you know, you overcoming and battling injuries and every single time coming back stronger than you were before, I think is so special. And like hearing that you're a vet on a team now, running the show. Bro, that's why he's so old. <laughs> <laughs> like you're over here bossing around kids. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I but, never would have seen myself be doing that. Here, here you are. Here you are, a grown woman, <laughs> proud, proud. But before we get into our last section, the vibe check, which is going to be rapid fire, one of my favorite things to do is ask people like outrageous hypotheticals or would you rather. So you're going to be the guinea pig. So you're welcome right. in advance. Thanks. So um, my question of the day for you, Tahina, is <laughs> this is going to be so random. Um, what is the largest animal? That you think you could be in a fist fight, okay? And here's the parameters. It's got like, like, you know, give yourself some props here. But it is a fist fight. There's no weapons, and you're in that animal's terrain. So I'll give you some time to think. For me, I think I could take a giraffe. And I tell you, I've been, I've been struck down. People tell me no. I'm going for the knees. I'm knocking it down, and I'm taking it out. I got. I'm. I'm beating a giraffe. So what? What okay, was your like, animal? Tell me be? why that was like literally my first animal that I thought of, though. Oh my god! <laughs> yay! That, that's what I'm saying. You can like, do it. You can do it. Exactly. I think I have to yeah. agree with the giraffe. That's Thank actually, you. That's literally like the first animal that came to mind. Like the largest animal. Dog. Something. Like, Twin. Yeah. Where has Twin you been? flame gang gang. <laughs> that's like literally like the first animal that I can't like you can't beat a hippo I've seen yeah. TikTok videos of them have you 
Oh my gosh, crazy. You know, they sink to the bottom of the water. That They're running. They're running at the bottom of the river. <laughs> and they're actually fast on land. Yeah. Uh, I'm scared of like, Yeah, no. Yeah, same. Like all these TikTok videos. Oh my gosh. TikTok is my new never. Google. That's how I educate myself these oh, days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I need yeah, the visual. I gotta keep up with the new age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we agree. But now we'll get into our yeah. vibe check. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Some guests have not understood the rapid fire part. So I hope okay. that you're you're going to do great. <laughs> you're going to do great, I believe. <laughs> Starting off, we're going to do um, what's the drill that you never want to see on the practice plan? Uh, 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 wing to wing. Oh, my gosh. I hate wing to wing. Oh, Aaliyah told, told us about this last year. It sounds oh, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Wing to wing sucks because we did it during the USA training camp. We were all Trash. like, John. What are we? What are we doing? Oh my god! Oh my gosh, girl! Especially in the summer. Oh my gosh, that was the worst show ever because we were all out of shape, <laughs> and they kept making us do it because we weren't finishing it. But now we uh, do it before game days. But yeah, wing to wing, gotta mm-mm. take it out. Okay, we're well, good. Okay, next one: game winning shot or game winning steal? Game winning shot, absolutely. Okay, um, group TikTok or solo TikTok? Uh, group TikTok. Ah, I was say, you solo say TikTok. solo. Solo, solo, solo. Because you got to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can't be teaching okay. them and waiting for them to learn TikToks. Exactly. Like, pick it up. <laughs> it's, I get so frustrated. Pick it up. Uh. Okay. Where's the hardest place to play on the road? LSU. Absolutely. Hands I on. was going to say, we, we talked about it earlier. LSU. <laughs> okay. Who's the biggest trash talker? It could be on your team or somebody else that you played against. Oh my gosh. Ashlyn. Absolutely. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, girl. Okay. This crazy. Especially when okay, she's mad. Oh, uh-uh. I'm going to look out for you it. None, you don't want none of that. None of that. <laughs> okay, next question. Biggest flopper. Same same principle. It could be on your team or somebody else. Oh, Breezy's going to uh, hate me, but I got to go B Hall. Is she? B Hall. I'm so sorry. Uh oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Everybody, you need Not to sell it every now and then. Haley. Oh my God. It's okay. It's okay. And you know what? Oh my God. She's probably a great actress. <laughs> She'll still get the call. She deserves it. <laughs> um, what's your biggest basketball ick? Ooh. Um, when practice players do abnormal things. Like, girl, oh. you're going too fast. Like, oh, yeah. Practice players yeah, yeah, be yeah. pissing me off. Like, it's absolutely like when they don't do their job. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you going fast when we're just going like 50%? Like, yeah, especially bro, during stop. Scout. What are we doing? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I'm like, bro. And then the coaches get mad at you. And yes. it's like, bro, well, he's going like 100 while I'm going like 30%. Like, bro, yeah. give me a break. Come, come on now. That's but a yeah, good that's, one. That's and then another one, one uh-huh. is charges. Uh, Why do we need charges in our game? You took out the restricted <laughs> circle. What is a restricted yes. circle there for? If you're like, yeah. take out the charges. Come on, get get in the weight room. Like please. that's a hot take. That's a hot take. I like it because <laughs> yeah. me personally, I'm gonna just take the foul. I'm trying to block you. I'm not taking no charge. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Absolutely. Like take out the charges, bro. Like come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Make the game. I agree. Like, come on. Come I'm on with now. you. You took out the okay. restricted circle. We don't need none of that. <laughs> okay, this is this is one of my favorite questions is who is your celebrity lookalike if you feel like you have one or you've been told you look like somebody? Girl, I don't look like nobody. Oh, one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind. Great answer. This might be this like Moana. Like, come on now. Oh, boo. Like, one of a kind. Yeah, I know, right? Like, geez, you're, come on. You're Tahina Pow Pow. <laughs> that's your, that's, I love it. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> someone, who would you pick as your teammate in like a two-on-two game? And it can't be one of your current South Carolina teammates. Oh, okay. Maybe um, anybody ever. Any women hooper ever. Like ever. Yeah. Tell me what my first thought was Cam Brink. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boom. Picked. I love right, Cam. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite pregame hype song? Pregame hype song. Um, yeah. Um, um, oh, oh, my God. You've gosh. been doing so good. You've been doing so I good. I got to go with Sade. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. That's a good okay. one. No Ordinary Love. Oh. Solid. Calm. I, gets their heart rate down. That's yeah. my type of stuff. That's my type of stuff right there. <laughs> I like it. Okay, then our last question is, what's your best impersonation of Don? Oh, gosh. Um, I got to get this. Rolled Uh-oh. up paper here. Oh. Let's see. Uh-oh. She the always has this rolled up paper. Uh-huh. She always got this. Oh. And then she goes like... And like she'll just use this paper like every single she, time. She loves a prop. Oh, wow. she loves a prop. I think another one was um, Fagan. She's gonna hate me for this, but oh, let's hear it. <laughs> She's always like, Fagan, what are you doing? I'm like, what kind of shot is that? Oh and no! It's just like Fagan's gonna hate me for that, but it's, it's always okay. a good one. We always we always laugh about that one, but it's just I feel like. Yeah. Every coach has a name that they just <laughs> love to they love to yell. So I feel bad at Spagan, but every coach has yeah. one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, well, Tahina, thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a blast. Yeah, I know. It's been so much fun. Thank you for giving me this um opportunity to <sighs> talk to you and just talk about everything and you're killing it. Oh my um, gosh. But Making me I blush. Love this. Yeah. <sighs> no, you deserve the flowers that you give as well. So you should get some flowers back. <laughs> girl, the waterworks. Stop it. Oh, my but... gosh, girl. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much to you. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Sometimes I Hope. PlayersTribute.com